Hello and welcome to episode four of Establish the Collection. I'm Cody Main, joined as always by the cardboard collecting king, a man known to arouse me on live streams with his cardboard collection, Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? Cody, it is good. I would, uh, I'd like to say that to you, that's my goal every week, but I don't know if I want to put in those exact words, but I appreciate the, the kind, the kind words nonetheless. I don't know if our significant others would appreciate that. I'm not sure. I get sick of saying this, but we've got a loaded show today and we went extremely long last week. So we're going to once again, dive right in. We've got another loaded starter pack this week. We're continuing our series of trying to dive into one topic each week related to the sports collectibles market. Um, it occurred to us last week, we kind of went inside baseball on Top Shot, talking about trade tickets and their trade ticket system for releasing Series 1 packs held in reserve. So we figured we, we might circle back this week to talk a little bit of Top Shot and talk NFTs in general. So if, if you found us you know, through the sports collectibles world, if you found us on Twitter, you might already be aware of what Top Shot is, but we want to kind of set the stage for anyone that's new to the game. So if, if, if this is just replaying what you've already learned months ago, just feel free to skip ahead. We'll, we've Gary and I have got some discussions on uh, NBA playoffs and the sports collectibles world as it relates to that coming up a little bit later. But if you're new to the Top Shot world and you're new to the digital collecting game, we feel like this conversation might help you better understand how to uh, make good decisions when it comes to NBA Top Shot. First and foremost, some of you may not understand what an NFT is. You may have seen that buzzword thrown around in the interwebs. NFTs are simply defined as a unit of data stored on a blockchain where each NFT represents a unique digital item and is thus not interchangeable. So simply put, NFTs are something that's built on a blockchain, provides provable ownership and provable transparency between transfer. So today, the most recognized example of NFTs in the sports collectible space is obviously NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is a platform that allows us to buy and sell officially licensed highlights from NBA games. They're often referred to as digital trading cards. And Top Shot represents a 2021 version of the traditional world, in a sense, um, taking, taking still images that have been printed on cardboard on wax for years and adding some elements to them that give them a more modern feel. Obviously, they gained undeniable tra traction back in January and uh, have kind of continued to skyrocket moving forward. If you're like me, you probably got started around the time of the Jonathan Bales tweet back early January-ish. Am I, am I remembering that right, Gary? Was that, was that kind of around the time of the Bales tweet and was that when you got involved? It was January. No, I was actually a little bit later because I was still a skeptic. I, I think I saw that. <laughs> I think I saw it was maybe I saw on Levitan's Twitter when he got uh, invested in was it the John Morant moment or yep. some big moment for was a lot of money. And um, so I saw it come from his end first. And I, I was like, what is this? And it took me a little bit longer to, to dive in. And I think I got in probably around early February. I remember replying to the Bales tweet because I was just I was reading through. He had his blog post and. I mean, it seemed like every other tweet in his mentions was just about how stupid it was to spend $35,000 on, you know, on a moment that you can, or a, a highlight that you can view whenever you want for free on YouTube. And it just made me think of like this quote that I remember from a while back of like, if you're, if it's something that everyone agrees with you on, you're probably too late. 
so it just felt like the perfect opportunity. Yeah. Like if this were to be successful, this is the perfect time to get in. And clearly I didn't have the balls to get in before the Bales tweet. But after I saw somebody much smarter than me make a $35,000 purchase, I was like, okay, let's let's giddy up and go. Um, so I, I joined shortly after. And I'm sure most of you listening to this probably joined shortly after that too. But I, I found some pretty clear benefits to Top Shot from the very beginning. The first one for me was just having verifiable scarcity. As somebody that came from like the fractional world and the, you know, coming from the traditional world a little bit too, you don't really know how many cards are printed of a certain moment unless it's serial numbered or unless, you know, you've got a, a specific one of one or one of 10 type of thing in the traditional world. As far as like talking just Panini Prism base cards for basketball, you have no idea how many of those Panini's printed each year. So having just from the very onset, knowing how many you know, series one base moments there would be for John Morant. You can see it's out of 49. There's never going to be more than 49 of these, you know, series one cosmic base moments was super important to me and kind of made me understand the dynamics of, of why this thing would be valuable. I don't know if you had the same takeaway when you first looked at it, but, or if you even have the same concerns with like the traditional world of, you don't really know how many base moments of, or, you know, how many base cards of a player printed, no, it's it's a great point. Um, you know, for me, even the you could take it one step further. Even with base, you there's the silver variations of prism cards. You you still don't even know. I mean, they have ideas of how many of those are printed, but there's no sure thing. You know, they're not serial numbered, and there are plenty of cards out there, especially when you get into things that are like patch autographs. Those are usually around ninety nine out of out of ninety nine, something like that. But you don't know if it's not serial numbered for things like base prism cards. How many there are out there and you could just gain, gain ideas from population reports. And you also often see that those numbers are incredibly high. What top shot uh, allowed is that transparency right off the bat, which certainly was an appealing factor for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and going hand in hand with having scarcity, knowing exactly what's minted and when it's minted and having that access and transparency to that data just made for from the very beginning made for an enjoyable experience. And for somebody like me, who as many of you already know, three, four episodes in that I'm a slave to the numbers and that I'm going to defer to the numbers in almost every instance, having, you know, being able to do quick, um, you know, price charts and historical sales data and doing that very quickly all in one space because everything's tracked on the blockchain was super appealing to me. I didn't have to go to, you know, multiple different sites or wonder if there's missing data or like if I sell a card to Gary and we settle up, via PayPal later on off off site, then I don't have to worry if that transaction was missed. Everything's tracked on the blockchain. So if you're trying to do like price discovery type of stuff or understand which moments are valuable, which moments have, you know, high trading volume, it's easy to do that because you've got these these sites and, and you've got everything tracked on the blockchain. So that goes into point number three for me was as someone who's pressed for time, people quickly jumped on the opportunity to to, to start producing content around this and start producing some tools around this. So just give a, sh a, a few shout outs to some of these places like cryptoslam.io, evaluate.market, moment ranks, own the moment. Uh, Justin Herzig, who contributes at ETR a little bit too, he's got a site at otmnft.com. All of these sites are absolutely necessary places to get data and tools that you need to, to help you make better decisions when you're making um, purchases or selling decisions in the marketplace. And they're just here, you know, they're here to help you, you know, guide you along the the ever changing landscape of the Top Shot world. 
for you, I, you've got more of like a feel approach, which is something I'm envious of. All these data sites and and looking at the numbers and kind of being a slave to this type of stuff. Is that something that you had any interest in from the beginning or something that you've slowly developed over time? Yeah, uh, I've, I do use my gut and intuition more in, in everything I do, which has gotten me into trouble at times. Also, obviously, you know, I, I need to be better about u- utilizing numbers and data at times, which I think I've come around on a lot, especially over the last year. And I think a big catapult of that has been top shot and the tools available to you are just better than the traditional space. You know, something like evaluate.market where you can just go in and see uh, e- exact transparent graphs and trends uh, of my own moments that I own mm-hmm. has been super helpful to me and has, and I certainly see the value in that now. So I, I've been using it a lot more, uh, especially when it comes to top shot and NFTs. Yeah, definitely. And, and with looking at that and when you're getting ready to sell and getting ready to buy, one thing that was super important to me with top shot was having a 24 seven marketplace available directly on the top shot website. There was no third party, there was no, you know, do I need to sell this via eBay or do I need, you know, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff with Topshot. All of the transactions happen in one area. So liquidity, I think, is pretty important um, and something that you should be mindful of, especially if you're making short-term decisions uh, when it comes to investing in players. Now, we're giving we're giving Dapper a lot of credit because if you were there in the early days, you may have had issues with, with withdrawal and you may still have issues with withdrawal, not being able to withdraw all your funds, things of that nature. But um, just from a transaction level, you can list one of your moments for sale and it can sell when, within seconds and the funds are in your Dapper account immediately, right? And theoretically, you can withdraw that shortly thereafter. So just having a 24-7 marketplace available to to buy and sell your your assets is super important to me. Do you, did you feel like there was a huge difference between how you were able to transact on Topshop versus how you generally transact on places like eBay and things like that? Yeah, in theory, as you said, it was much easier. Just using the marketplace in general, having the and and um, depositing into Dapper was was not a problem for me, and mm-hmm. and obviously you know, the, the ease of it all being there, right there, you know, we don't have to get into the weeds of some of the issues that the marketplace has had over the last five months or so, as far as, you know, downtime and the inability to sell and buy at certain times and things like that. But as far as just ease of use and everything being available to you right there, I think that has been pretty game changing as compared to, you know, all the different outlets of buying and selling in the traditional space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you're you're pretty qualified to talk on this, having been in both spaces and definitely having found a lot of success in the traditional world. But one of the one of the biggest drawbacks, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks and months, especially, is just the unknown expectations and vol- volatility in the marketplace. As more supply floods the marketplace, obviously prices have dropped. But even more than that, that's that's certainly expected when when you have new pack drops and things of that nature but i think one of the things that's been most concerning for somebody that's trying to collect right now and deciding whether it's the time to buy or wait or sell is not having a roadmap for the future and and look we we don't need to have dapper kind of hold our hand through all this stuff certainly right but with like with like traditional world um pack releases and things of that nature you have an idea of when these things are going to be available and how how often they're going to be available. It seems like on the top shot world, the market's so immature and the user base is still so small that they're trying to have packs readily available for new users. And you're seeing pack drops almost bi-weekly now. So 
I don't know, for, for you understanding that like, you know, months in advance when Panini Prism is going to release and you know, months in advance when Panini Select is going to release, how different is it for you coming from the traditional world to, to the digital world with Top Shot and all of a sudden you see that every couple of, every couple of days or twice a week, there's new pack releases. Is that a different experience for you? And how are you handling that from a buying and selling perspective? It's a great point. And I never even thought about comparing and contrasting them, but they're, you're right. I mean, the traditional world has a roadmap. You have a release schedule of cards. And if you're experiencing this like I am, you know that certain cards after a release comes out, you're going to want to sell within that first week. Certain things you're going to want to wait for the market to settle down. Um, for example, you know, with base, like say something like Prism comes out. With base cards, oftentimes you're gonna to want to sell them within that first week or two. They're, the the amount in circulation is still low when it's first out, and you know you, the, where that's gonna be what's the highest down the road. So, and the hype itself is gonna carry it to higher levels. So, for example, whatever base Lamelo Ball and Anthony Edwards Prism I was getting when it came out a couple months ago, I was selling right away. But for refractors and colors and things like that, you know to hold because that's just gonna become rarer and rarer as you go on, especially at high grades. So there's this roadmap and that's always there for you. With Top Shot, they're dropping packs out of nowhere. Everyone's on a learning curve. You know, no one's experienced this before. So you all, you, there's, you know, if you're if you figure out a way to get creative with the, your buying and selling and utilizing the marketplace, you might find a little bit of an edge here because, you know, we, this isn't a known space or world, you know, we're all learning about it at once. So it's an interesting difference for sure. That's such a good point too, with respects to knowing how to hold, knowing when to hold refractors and parallels and short printed cards and serial numbered cards in the traditional world. We really don't know yet what, what the top shop marketplace is going to value going forward. We, right. we can make assumptions based off of where current valuations are at, but when you make that assumption, all of a sudden it seems like those, those prices dip later on. So there's things like the series one stuff and the short printed stuff on top shot. And, and there's badges for top shot moments that are available. Like first, first print, um, rookie moment, uh, minted in the rookie year, things of that nature that we assume will have value going forward, but there hasn't been that expectation set. Like there is in the, in the traditional world where we know that rookie cards matter. We know that high grade cards matter. We know that short printed cards matter. So we'll see that going forward. Eventually there'll be some point in time where, you know, the top shop marketplace is finally fully flooded with moments and the ones that are, are going to rise, the cream, the cream's going to rise to the top. We'll finally see which ones are going to hold value going forward. Um, if, if you've listened to this and you're not, haven't gotten started yet, you haven't first, haven't bought your first moment yet, don't know where to begin. Um, with top shot, you can fund your account with credit card. You can fund your account with crypto, with your Coinbase wallet. There's plenty of ways to get started by, by getting your um, money into Dapper. And then once you've got your money into Dapper, you've got plenty of ways to get started in the marketplace. And for me, my favorite way to, to interact on Top Shot is just by kind of sitting and waiting for packs, if you will. They've done a really, really, really good job of replicating that you know pack ripping experience from our youth and, and even from today's day and age of just having fun figuring out what's inside a pack and what moments you got. And, and there's that gambling aspect of, of hunting for, for super high end stuff. But that's been the, that's kind of been my favorite way up to this point. We've got three different tiers on the site now with common rare and legendary pack drops and, you know, different price points and different moments you can receive. In fact, they just had a rare drop today that both Gary and I got a pack. So we're going to try and rip those at the end of the show. Yep. Um, but if, if you want to get started right away and there's not a pack available, which they've been doing these um, 
pre-order packs would you pre-order packs basically is what they are where you can you can uh register and then join a queue at a later date and get a nine dollar common pack which is a fun way to get started if you're if you're just new to this kind of getting a feel for the website obviously you can just go on and and pick your favorite player and start buying from the marketplace immediately um you can sort by player serial number rarity different sets things of that nature you just kind of get a feel for the marketplace and then there's also challenges that are constantly running and challenges basically Top Shot sets a specific number of moments that you need to collect, a specific type of moments that you need to collect. And if you collect all of them, you're given a reward. So I think the, the most recent example of that, there was a hustle and show set um, of some of some common moments that were recently released. And if you if you if you collected a few of these, then you were given a Giannis reward moment. So they've they've got different ways to kind of get uh, creative from that aspect. But there's so much with respect to Top Shot. We talked off air. You could talk for an hour just to kind of get a 101 level overview. Now that we've kind of set the stage, we've got a, a ton of content that we want to get into in future episodes and stuff that we want to help you guys understand um, going forward. But we'll, we'll kick, we'll, we'll end the episode with a, a pack opening and kind of get, let you guys experience that if you haven't yet. I think that's that's pretty interesting. But we really want to use a, a the meat of this episode to get into the NBA playoff talk and some of our favorite players heading into the postseason. So I'm going to kick it to Gary. I want Gary to kind of start by just explaining his process for how he evaluates players heading into the postseason. Are there things that he's looking for players that could potentially make a run young guys that could potentially solidify their standing in the league, anything else you're looking for Gary, as we, we kick off playoffs in about a week now. Yeah. Well, first of all, I cannot freaking wait for the playoffs. This season has been a grind, especially as someone that's working day in, day out on the DFS side of things. Uh, you know, I think everyone at this point, we are uh, exactly six days from the last regular season day of the season. And we're all just kind of get want to get there. It's just been, it's been crazy, but I think we're in store for a fantastic NBA playoffs coming up here. And I, I can't wait to, to get it started. And what, something that really, and you know, maybe this, that what happened last year in the playoffs was, in the bubble was because uh, the world had been shut down for so long. We were right in the midst of a card boom, but we really saw last year in the playoffs card prices be in, um, indicative of what was happening on the floor. And I think that, and historically that's been the case, you know, what the playoffs are the, the biggest time of year where we're going to see the, the biggest risers uh, for uh, players markets in traditional cardboard space. So uh, I don't think it'll be any different this year. We have superstars galore in the NBA right now, and we're going to see some guys that have, you know, big run into the playoffs have big increases in their card prices too. And possibly conversely, if someone's kicked out early or, you know, just the fact that someone's going to miss the playoffs, it might be a good time to to scoop up and buy. And we'll get into all that. So I'm super pumped to, to get into some of the, the, you know, important players to look at for this 2021 NBA playoffs here. Okay, before we dive into, I think we've got like a top five each of us, and we'll see. We'll go. We'll go like draft style, where I'll I'll, yeah. I'll see the floor to you and let you tell me your first your your top overall guy. But before we get into our, our specific players, why don't we talk a little bit about the format this year? It's a little bit different than in years past, and yeah. and if there's some potential for that to lead to a card boom. Um, obviously, there's the play-in format. If you guys are extremely new to the to the NBA space and not familiar with it, there's a playoff format this season. And basically what happens is the seventh and eighth seed from each conference will play each other. The winner from that game will advance and become the seventh seed and, and the playoffs will go on as scheduled. The loser from that game will then play the winner of the ninth and 10th seed game. 
and the winner from that game will advance and become the eighth seed and the playoffs will go on as, as scheduled. Do I, do I have that right? First of all, it's a super ex- interesting format, but also brand new. Did I explain that correctly? You nailed it. So basically 10 teams in East Conference have something to play for to the Wired this year, which has created some really interesting tanking and non-tanking scenarios in each conference. And we've had we've seen teams that would have normally dipped out or bowed out by now continuing to go down to the wire like the Spurs tonight. Uh, I believe just beat the Mavericks in a, in a game that they needed to win to hold on to that 10 seed, which would be something that they would never be necessarily trying to do in the past. So, yeah, you nailed it on that front. And just to kind of take it from, from there, I think this is going to be a really, really unique opportunity you know after sunday is the last day of the season sunday the the 16th coming up and then we're going to have a a three or four day period where we just are going to be focused on these playing games so these four teams are going to in each conference so eight total teams are going to be the the spotlight of what's going on in the nba and these games the way they're shaped up right now are just littered with superstars so you know and just to to name a few uh we have lebron it looks like the Lakers are going to be in there. So LeBron and Anthony Davis, uh, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Stephen Curry, John Morant. Looks like LaMelo Ball is going to be in there. So ton, a ton of superstars in these couple games that I actually think are going to have a real effect on the hobby. Um, the reason being is that everyone's eyes are going to be on these couple games and it gives it gives these, those superstars a real platform to take a leap if they want to or have a big moment if they want to. And that's what really will often impact the hobby prices in a short period of time. If somebody has a huge game, if Steph, Steph's a bad example because his market's already as high as, it's, as it could possibly be. If John Morant goes out and scores 60 points in one of these games, you're going to see that immediate effect on his on his market. So it's a really it's going to be a really interesting couple of days. You're right. The, the eyeballs on the NBA increase but the players that they're focused on also condense at the same time. So you have this, this kind of like laser focus moment um, in the NBA where you have all of you, you have more eyeballs focused on the NBA than ever towards the end of the, you know, this as a, as someone that's doing projections every night that <laughs> it gets, it, it gets kind of tedious at the end of the season there. You got people resting and, and tanking happens. And so people kind of check out, but then the, then the postseason hits and then there's this expanded increase in interest for NBA playoffs. But now you're going to have these eight play-in teams, right? That are that are going to be competing for their spot as the seventh and eighth seed in each conference. And Jaw is a perfect example. We're recording this Monday night. Um, it's almost eleven o'clock Central Time, my time. And you're going to have, as it sets up right now, Jaw Morant, who's a perfect example that you mentioned, is going to be in the ninth seed with the Grizzlies. Yeah, it's like that. Squaring off with the Spurs as the tenth seed. Yep. Now. They're probably going to be favored in that game as the home team. If they advance past that game, they're going to face the loser of the Lakers Golden State game. That's what Obviously, like. you're going to you're going to have as as it stands now, you're going to have Ja versus either LeBron or Steph Curry. Yep. Now it's pretty thin to happen for them to advance against one of those teams as the eighth seed. But my God, what's what's going to happen to Ja's market if he you know screams through the Spurs? And then has a shot to play against LeBron and uh, or Steph Curry and beats right. one of those guys. So, so I think this is a good time to just talk about what I look look at going into the playoffs because this four uh, game total game, you know, four total games is going to create this really interesting buying sell opportunity going into the playoffs. So, 
right now, if you look at the four teams that are playing on each conference and you have a, a hunch or a feel that somebody's going to advance or somebody's going to have a moment or take a step up or do something in these games, whether it's Russell Westbrook or Bradley Beal or John Morant, that is going to really kind of elevate their status and give them the chance to compete further into the playoffs right now, a week out is a good time to, to look into buying their cards. Uh, that's, that's what I mean when it's creates a good buying opportunity. Conversely, if that does happen, and John Morant does go off for 60 points, you know, you're going to see that quick spike. And if you want to sell off right at that same time, if you are, if you are, I'll have, if you do have a lot of John Morant, I would recommend waiting and seeing how that play in tournament goes for, for something like him. So that's kind of a, um, that that's kind of a, in a nutshell, what happens for the the playoffs at all, as a whole and how I evaluate as, as a whole, you know, going into the playoffs, I want to make sure that I'm looking at, first of all, guys that have a major role in their rotation. You know, you're not, you don't want to take a flyer on, you know, the, the 10th guy on somebody's bench, you know, for the Spurs, for example, I mean, they're only going to be in the 10th seed, but you know, if they were fully healthy it, it, right now, Lonnie Walker is starting for example, but if Derek White was here and everyone was healthy and he's going to be the ninth, 10th fringe guy in the rotation, that's not somebody that I'm going to try to speculate on and try to buy a bunch up before he goes into the playoffs, because I just don't know. I want somebody that I know is going to get a 25 to 35 minute role for their team in the playoffs because they're going to have that opportunity to elevate their status and, and take a step up. That's what I'm looking for. First and foremost, second, secondly, I want to make sure that that team has a real chance to make a run or at the very least have a big splash on a big stage like this play in tournament. So that's really what I'm, what I'm looking for uh, before, if I'm looking to buy before the playoffs start. So those are the kind of people that I would target. I want them to hit those two criteria points. Okay. You want someone that's got a big role. You want yep. someone that can potentially make a run. Give me your your number one overall top guy to look at before the playoffs begin. Oh, I think you and I agree on this guy, but my my number one would be Michael Porter Jr. for for this season. So MPJ has been an interesting guy because he obviously is somebody that had a ton of hype coming into the league. He was he pretty much missed his whole rookie year. He was somebody that had a ton of hype forever and has now really started to show and take that next step. And he started to do it towards the end of last year when he had that role. The Nuggets are in an interesting spot here. They have the MVP of the league in Nikola Jokic. They're going to be probably the four seed. With They're still in the running for the three seed also. So they're going to be the three or four seats. They're going to at least have one series fully. And their second best player, Jamal Murray, who was the star of the playoffs last year, is out. So Michael Porter Jr. is sitting in an opportunity right now to – basically take the, the a huge, huge leap on the biggest stage to be the second fiddle on that Denver team. And he's already doing it at the end of this regular season, but he's going to be able to do it in front of a lot more eyeballs coming up here. And if he could do that and, you know, really be the one B to Jokic and even get them to a, to a second round, you know, you're going to see his prices go up. He's somebody that has a pretty decent hobby market already because, you know, he's somebody that people have been excited about for a long time. Right now, his base PSA prism, uh, tens are going for about 250 bucks and his silver goes for about a thousand. Uh, I think that has a ton of room to grow for someone like him. So, you know, if you see them get to that second round and he's a big reason why, I think you're going to see that, that price go up. So, you know, if, if you're a believer in this Nuggets team and Michael Porter Jr. Specifically, I would be a buyer right now. Yeah. To add some context to the $250 price for his base PSA 10 right now, there's still only right as of right now, there's still only about 4,000 in circulation. So if you look at the the modern stuff, the ultra modern stuff, like after 2017, still pretty low population count yeah. for a, a base PSA 10. When you when you think of like how many Luka Luka Doncic cards are currently in circulation, and and to add some context to how much of a one B he's been to to uh, Jokic's one A since Murray went down on April 12th, he's played 35 and a half minutes per game, averaging 25 six and two 
shooting 47 and 47.9 from three. And the Nuggets are still 10 and five during that stretch. Yep. So I don't know. You probably had the same thought that I did when we saw Murray go down. We're like, oh God, the Nuggets chances of making a deep playoff run are completely dead, completely dead. I don't know if I feel that way anymore. I think the West is a little bit more open with question marks around um, the Lakers, two stars and their health. So I feel a little bit better about betting on MPJ to make a deep playoff run, even if they can push like a Western conference finals and, you know, let's say the, the Lakers meet them there. They might be able to push that, that series to six or seven games. And, and I mean, if they're able to do that, you have to imagine that Michael Porter Jr. is involved. And of course his card market's going to spike if, if that's the case. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Actually, I, I wasn't panicking as much as everyone else. Obviously, I did think it probably hindered their chance to be an actual contender and win the title, which was upsetting. But I, you know, just the way Jokic was playing, I certainly think that they could still make some noise. And the other thing that I really want to mention just quickly that is, you know, there, there's no numbers or anything behind this. But the, the one thing that the other thing that Porter Jr. really has going for him as somebody that can make real, real noise in the hobby is just I test being an offensive superstar. You know, he there's been Kevin Durant comparisons there. There's been mm-hmm. Tracy McGrady comparisons there. Comparisons there. So when he's really on, you know, he is that. He's he's kind of uh, unique as a talent in the NBA right now. Just like this six eight fluid, ridiculous jump shot, elite offensive game um, forward that we don't have too much of him in the NBA. And you know, there, there's a lot of upside there for for all the reasons we we just put forward. Yeah, to put a to put a bow on MPJ, I put out a tweet yesterday asking who was the current player in the NBA that had a Giannis-like, that could have a Giannis-like career trajectory of like raw talent to good player to like most improved player in the league to MVP. Yeah. And he was the most common reply. So if he's someone for me that that if I've got Michael Porter Jr. if I'm buying before the playoffs and he has a spike, he might not even be someone that I'm interested in selling. It might just be further proof that he could sure. be a, a legit baller going forward. So I actually... Unfortunately, I'm not going to do show and tell right now because I don't know exactly where they are in my big box of goodies over here. But I got a ton of Porter Jr. silver rookies that are just prepped for grading. I got to send them in um, base as well. I got like 30 base and I have a couple color refractors. I got purple ice. Um, I think I have a blue ice as well. So I, I don't think even when I, I'm the reason I'm not rushing to grade them because I'm not planning on selling. I'm a hold yeah. on, on MP. So, yeah. you know, but if you want the money and if you if you if you if you need the quick uh, turnaround and you want to make a little bit of a profit, you think the Nuggets can go far, I would buy right now, sell towards the end of his playoff run. Um, and, you know, that's the way to do it. I agree with you. Uh, I'm going to steal, go back to the Eastern Conference here and give a shout out to my guy, Jojo. I've got Joel Embiid having a, a, a pretty strong playoffs. First of all, the population on uh, population report on Embiid's 2014 Panini Prism PSA 10 base card is only 1,000, just over 1,000, 1,086 right now. So I don't think they were running near as high a print runs back in those days. No. But you have a fair pop report compared to some of his more modern counterparts. And the price has come back to earth a little bit since Embiid was kind of in that, that uh, MVP consideration uh, before Jokic obviously took over. The Sixers have the third best odds. This is from DraftKings to win the title. Um, but if you look at places like 538 or ESPN's um, BPI, they're either first or second. Um, and, and really setting up as the one seed in the East is going to be a huge, 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 huge advantage for these guys this year because they're going to they're going to avoid that that semi uh, semifinals round against whether it's the two or three seed between Brooklyn, Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee. So theoretically, you've got the Sixers cakewalking through whoever their eighth 
seed matchup is. And then again, theoretically doing the same thing against whoever the four or five is that comes out of uh, New York or Atlanta. So you've got Embiid, hopefully in my, in my case, cakewalking his way to an Eastern conference finals matchup against Brooklyn or Milwaukee, in which case he is going to dominate those bigs. Right. I mean, if, if he gets in that matchup and I, and, and even if he doesn't, if, even if the Sixers don't win that series, he is going to absolutely murder some people with who they're going to be thrown at him defensively. Um, so I, I feel pretty good about Embiid. I think he can still grow in the hobby. His price has come down a little bit since, like I said, since peaks of where he was kind of competing with Jokic for MVP honors. And I think you can kind of make a similar case for Ben Simmons. He's obviously taken a, a major backseat recently statistically, but he kind of fits along a similar narrative. If you think the Sixers are going to succeed, Simmons is obviously going to be involved. So am I am I off base with my Joel Embiid take? No, the the only thing for me going against Joel Embiid is just historically big men and their card yeah. markets. So, you know, you're seeing Jokic kind of defy it right now, and he's got a little bit of a different game. He's kind of like a point center. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you watch Embiid enough, you know that he could do plenty of things that traditional big men can't do also. So uh, I think if he's able to display that on the big stage all the way through the conference finals and possibly the finals, which, as you just said, they have a cakewalk from the one seed, at least to the conference finals. The it, it has not been spoke about enough how important that one seed in the East it really is. And um, the Sixers look to, to just about have it locked up. So he's in a good spot. You know, he's he's I think he will be able to defy that big man stereotype with the with the card market and be be in a spot. I think Simmons, just to touch on it really quickly, is an, also in an interesting spot. I kind of wanted to ask you at some point during this show, and I, I don't know if we'll have time, if if you have any thoughts on who this year's Tyler Hero can be, just somebody that completely makes a run to the conference finals or finals and just splashes in the playoffs and sees their market just completely boom. And uh, he was somebody that maybe came into mind. I don't know if he's flashy enough offensively, but um Definitely, if he's a big part of what they do, you'll see some of his prices get get back to where they were when he was a rookie. Yeah, and their their second round matchup is going to be against two teams that we're we're both interested in on different sides of the the four or five matchup is looking like it's going to end up being the New York Knicks, your New York Knickerbockers versus the Hawks. I think I'm on I'm on the side of the Knicks here versus your Trey Young take. Give me give me your thoughts on the four or five matchup and what that might mean for the card market if it ends up being the Hawks versus the Knicks. I'm going to try to be as objective as I possibly can here. Um, so, first of all, it's, I, we should just note it's not totally locked up. That four, five, six, the yeah. Celtics look to be locked into the seven, just especially with Brown out today. Yeah. Um, but Miami, I think is is right there as yeah. well possibly i mean we only have four games or so left for each team so this could be flipped around a little bit the, the knicks might end up playing the heat which at that point i'd say they have no shot but um if we if we want to assume it's going to end up being knicks hawks in the four or five um i think my knicks can win i do but the hawks aren't as good of a matchup as we might think you know the hawks can score at a really really impressive rate uh they could basically score 120 points with their eyes closed on any given night with at full strength and the Knicks do not are not that good offensively. Now to me, I actually think each game will be dependent, will be um, dependent on this, the pace and who sets the tone really, really early on in that series. So if the Knicks can say, Hey, we're coming out playing Knicks brand of basketball from the gate and the game's in the garden and hopefully I'm in attendance and you know, we're, we're basically saying you're going to play our style of defensive basketball. I think we have a chance, but it really is going to be come down to, to that. Now, if the, but, you know, the way I look at it, seeing on, I could see the Knicks taking six or seven and maybe the Hawks squeak by. Um, Trey Young is somebody that's really interesting to, to look at. Obviously, he is the second 
um, biggest rookie from that 2018 class, um, probably third right now is Michael Porter Jr., who we just spoke about. Obviously, first is Luca, but mm-hmm. Trey is was really the one B to Luca's one A, kind of like John ja Morant to Zion Williamson from last year. Forever, he had a ton of hobby hype, still does, and he also has something going for him where he is uh, just so huge with kids. You know, he's he's basically a um, one of a complete fan favorite for for the young people out there, but unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily matter for the people that are spending a lot of money on his card. So he is um, he's down a little bit right now. I mean, I know he's seen a steady decline. Oh, excuse me, right on my computer. Um, I know he's seen a steady decline over this last. I want to say six months. I mean, his cards peaked around the, his base PSA Prism 10 has peaked around 800 bucks in January. And we're all the way down to $350 right now. You can get his base PSA yeah. Prism 10 for. So Trey is someone that is obviously flashy. If he could take that, if he could take a leap, get his team to the second round, the Hawks have a lot of high people, but a lot of people like them right now. He's somebody that is going to catapult up, you know, talk about someone, if they make an actual run that can, can be there, you know, he's going to be the guy on that team. So he, and he, and his cards are, you know, people will not be afraid to spend money on Trey Young cards. He's going to be a perennial all-star that, that you, you could definitely see it happening. Let me, let me take the other side of that debate. If my, or your New York Knicks make a run, what about RJ Barrett? And 2019 class overshadowed by Zion and Jaw. He's been a clear third wheel since the since the get go. But he's been he's he's kind of fi- he's kind of found his own underneath Tibbs, right? And and oh, yeah. even in the second half of the season this year, averaging 19, five and a half rebounds, three assists, shooting 44 percent from three. You just got over 40 percent on the season last night from three. We haven't seen any movement in his prices, and I know this because I started buying a bunch of R.J. Barrett around the the All-Star break, kind of looking for this type of thing to happen when I realized the Knicks might be, you know, legit, for lack of a better term, under Tibbs. If they end up with a four seed and they're playing the Hawks uh, as a fifth seed, I think you might see that defensive tenacity come out from Tibbs, and and R.J. Barrett's already been, you know, lauded for his two-way ability underneath Tibbs and becoming a more defensive presence. So if you see that, um, and you know, Keep obviously... Talking. Keep going. This is sweet. Yeah, this you love this. I, why Why are you on the Hawks side of this debate? I, this is I just, just absurd. I, so I come from a family. The Hartmans are just uh, inherently negative sports fans, so I can't let myself think we're actually going to win around in the playoffs right now. So um, I just kind of had a hat to take that side, but I love this. This is just music to my ears, my friend. Uh, for But for me, okay, so for me, like RJ Barrett buying now is just buying into him... Yeah. kind of solidifying himself in these playoffs. I don't think if, if they, if they beat the Hawks, great. And if they can even like then push the Sixers, I, I told you off air, if they can push the Sixers to like six or seven games and then, you know, lose dramatically, that would be fantastic. But even if they can't do that and, and RJ just has a good series over the Hawks and then kind of sputters out against the Sixers and just overmatched, he's 20 years old, man. He's still so, so, so young. And it seems like he's kind of finding himself underneath Tibbs. So, I feel really good about where I'm at with with RJ. If you want to try and buy before the playoffs, great. But I feel good long term. I think maybe best case scenario is he kind of closes that gap from, you know, obviously there's Zion and there's Job. Maybe he closes that gap a little bit between him and Ja. Yeah. So that's that's best case scenario for me. And if you want to look at Top Shot, he's the extremely rare three badge rookie, um, which basically for Top Shot newbies means that his his first moment on top shot was also of his rookie debut game. 
So he's one of those rare three badge rookies. You can get his um, three badge rookie limited to circulating count of 2,882 right now for $888. So if that's something you're interested in, hop on it now. But yeah, RJ Barrett is somebody that I'm looking for in that four or five matchup that could potentially make a leap from, you know, third guy in that 2019 class to maybe narrow, narrowing that gap a little bit between him and him and jaw. So a little bit about me. Um, I'm, I'm not only the Knicks are my number one team. I, I watch every game. They're, they're, they're everything about me. And so RJ is my main PC uh, PC in the sports world is personal collection. Um, I, I can get you boxes and boxes of RJ cards. RJ is a fantastic buy right now, as you said, by the way, his prices have not gone up too much at all uh, compared to Ja and Zion. You can get him at, at great deals and he's going to get his first taste of the playoffs. You said all this already. He's 20 um, and he's in New York city and he's just going to grow more and more because you know why he wants to, and he wants it. And he's a fantastic worker and he's just going to keep improving his game. So I'll just show you off some of my RJ. Hit me, I just, hit me I just with the, hit me with the PC me right, right now. Let's so see this, what you got. This is a one of one. Uh, immaculate premium RPA. So rookie patch autograph. Um, this is a beaut. So the uh, this this is on card signed autograph. You can see the one of one right there. Um, so that that's one of my favorites. I have another one of one here. I got a select black in flight autograph rookie one of one as well. I need to get this graded, but it's a one of one, so you don't care that much. Uh, so these are just a couple of my RJ cards, but. Um, I'm obviously a buy on RJ. I'm a believer in RJ long-term. I think Julius Randle, just to kind of close the loop on this Knicks thing real quick too, uh, he's definitely seen an increase. I'm, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but he's seen an increase in the season. I know he has uh, because his, he really never had too much value anyway coming into this year uh, as just a, a rookie in general. But um, you could go out and, and buy some of his Prism rookie stuff, some of his patch auto stuff as well. I think, you know, he's obviously, he's going to make all NBA this year. He'll be the star if the Knicks make any noise in this playoffs. Um, he's, you know, you, your time to buy an RJ and Randall and quickly, by the way, who could have a couple of playoff moments as well. Your time to buy is right now. All right. Anyone else you want to rapid fire at me before we get into our pack drop? Um, I just want to have a quick conversation about Giannis Antetokounmpo because he's, you know, he's certainly a, a, a important subject in the hobby. Um, kind of on the flip side of what you were just talking about with the Sixers, the Bucks are in the flip side of that situation. So if the things stay as they are right now, the Bucks are going to end up with the Heat in the first round, which is like, an, you know, the nightmare matchup if you're mm -hmm. one of those top three seeds. You know, who wants to play Miami, who just made that finals run last year, who has Jimmy Buckets, who's just going to be an absolute, you know, who's a killer in the playoffs and has Bam Adebayo, and it's a tough matchup for Milwaukee. So they have to get through that gauntlet in round one just to play um, either Philly or Brooklyn in round two. So you know, they're in a tough spot. The reason I bring this up is Giannis's market um, has certainly seen a decline over the last, I don't know, since they were eliminated from the playoffs really last year. Um, it, his his uh, PSA 10 Prism rookie card peaked at $7,100 in August and has now settled in around 3K, 3,500. Um, you know, his silver PSA stuff, because there was not a lot of silvers back then, is still super, super high end. So um, I think that's going around 25, 30K right now. But if he's able to get through that gauntlet and finally get over that hump of that playoff, you know, get the playoff jitters off his back or whatever he struggled with in the playoffs in the past, you know, you're going to see his prices. If he gets, even he just gets to the NBA finals, or even if he just gets to the conference finals and gets through whatever that second tough, that, um, that tough second round matchup that, that they're in line for, you know, you're going to see Giannis take another uh, jump back up. I'm, I'm certain of it. So, you know, it's, you're, you're dabbling in higher waters to begin with, if you want to get in on Giannis, but I would just say, um, you know, it's going to be a tough road for him. 
So, you know, maybe the answer for Giannis just right now is just, just hold whatever you have. But uh, if you think he can get there and if you think he could do it, you know, you, you, it's a risk, but you know, you might be rewarded on the, the back end. Yeah. One other guy on the, on the low end that I wanted to touch on before we get into our, our top shot packs on the Western conference is Donovan Mitchell. We're expecting him to be back. It seems like he'll be back for the playoffs. If not for, you know, for the first, for the beginning of the first round, he'll be back shortly later on after the fact. Um, but his his price has largely been stagnant, dating back to the 2020 playoff bubble. His price did peak around six hundred dollars. His his PSA 10 base price peaked around six hundred dollars before sliding back to three fifty or four hundred recently since injuring his ankle in April. Uh, but he was he was seriously having a career year before then. Twenty six points per game, five assists per game, both career highs. The West, you know, if we're assuming that the the Lakers might struggle with LeBron and AD's health. It's, it's still pretty wide open. 538 gives them credit for the second highest probability to make the finals, especially if they get Mike Conley back for the playoffs. You know, the West is is pretty wide open. While we think the East might be kind of a three-man race, maybe four with Miami, um, you know, if the Lakers are struggling to return to full health heading into the playoffs, there might be a situation where, you know, there's four or five teams that could run away with the Western Conference. So Donovan Mitchell is somebody that I think his price has fallen enough since his peak that I is someone that I'm I'm interested in at least. No, I I'm glad you brought him up because to me he's a total buy right now. His PSA his base PSA ten is way too low. The fact he could scoop those up for what like three fifty like you just said. I mean it's crazy. You can what you can get them for right now. I would yeah. And he's that 2017 rookie class. Like if we're if you're super worried about the the ultra modern stuff with print runs and things of that nature, then, then just go a few years back with like Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell and those guys that are, that are, you know, before that stuff. So uh, I looked at his population report for the podcast, his PSA 10 has got a population count of 4,052. So yeah, respectable, right. nothing crazy. You know, there's a ton mm. of guys we, we could talk about for the playoffs. And like, I I think what we should do is we should keep going as the playoffs go on in our future episodes. We'll hit more and more of these guys, guys that have been eliminated, maybe guys that we think could keep going on a run, guys that we're seeing their prices either dip or rise. But um, we could spend forever going on and on uh, about these guys. Uh, the only thing I really want to touch on real quick, just guys that we're probably missing out on in the playoffs. Zion is the highlight of those um also De'Aaron Fox Shea Alexander and Carl Anthony Towns some guys I had in mind there um those to me at this point you are you know their, their prices probably um will either stay stagnant or dip as we head into the offseason with them not being on the court anymore so to me they're either holds or buys uh go moving on here just just wanted to touch on that yeah good point on those guys I was monitoring um Cat especially and Shea some guys that I bought towards the latter part of the season that I thought were starting to dip to their lows but have fallen a little bit past that i got some cat um base cards at psa 10 level at about 285 a couple mm-hmm. weeks back but i saw him go for like 255 today so if, if these guys that are not going to make the playoffs um and might not see any price catalysts until next season might want to hold off to see if if you can kind of catch a bottom on them yeah, the only thing that might impact their hobby price, in my opinion, in the offseason would be if the Timberwolves score the first pick. If yeah. Some crazy weird trades or, or free agency pickups by somebody, one of these teams. Um, if the Aaron Fox forces way out, you know, weird things like this there, you know, that would impact their their price a little bit. But, you know, for the most part, you're, you're probably lost the window to sell during the season on those guys. I would um, hold or buy. Yep, I agree with you. I've got my pack ready here. This is from today's. Let's throw down. I'm adding it to the stream. Let's get going on. So real quick, what are your thoughts on this pack? I've heard mixed reviews. Some, I know people in Slack, uh, in, in our Slack, NBA Slack, were mm-hmm. showing us some of their things. And 
not not so pretty. Some it's, some of the it, stuff I was doing. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. It actually seems like uh, this is the first pack that might not be plus EV yeah. based off of some of the rumors I've seen on Twitter. Um, I didn't dive super deep into it. I was trying to get prep for this show. Uh, I, I'm hoping, I don't know who am I hoping for? Do you even know? Did anyone like Leone or, or Gallagher, or any of those guys tell you who I should be looking for? No, Gallagher got a Nurkic, I think, um, which he told me as of 10, 21 PM Eastern time was going for $75 on the market. Oh, and that was the, I think that was like the second highest of these throwdown cards. So look, I'm um, actually, I'm actually yeah. thankful. If, if you come from the traditional world, you know that all of these packs should not be plus EV. Otherwise no one would right. buy stuff on the secondary marketplace. Right. You know that these fat, these packs should kind of be a gamble. So exactly. Uh, I'm ready to rip. Let's see what let's, you got. I'm excited. Let's, let's see how it goes. Let's do it. I don't know if we have the music going or not, but we'll, uh, we'll be good commentary. All right, can you can you still hear me? Sometimes this music gets a little wild. I can hear you. I don't hear the music, which I think is better for the podcast, probably. So. All right, all right. Let's do it. We got six moments. This oh, one right here appears to be the throwdown, so we'll start up here. Yep. All right. There he all is. All right, Michael Carter Williams. Let's go. <laughs> Going to do great, <laughs> great wonders for the tickets. Zubach. All right. Not much better. Nope. Kelly Olenek. We're okay. We're we're banking on this guy being. What are we looking for? Like Jaw Zion. Olenek. Yeah, so. Olenek's got himself paid though. The last. Uh, oh my month gosh. I'll tell you that much. Davis oh. Bertans. Here you go. What a pack. <laughs> What a pack. All right. Latvian legend. We're, we're seriously banking on this guy to salvage value at this point. Yep. Uh, Brooklyn. Promise. Hey, Kyrie. Kyrie. Right. That'll do. That will do. He is indeed an all-star. It'll be interesting to see if he makes all NBA. All right. Here's the big one. Let's get it. Here's the big one. Oh. Kelly okay. Oubre. There Come on. Kelly Oubre Jr. He is hurt tonight. Um, <laughs> that's a nice dunk. <laughs> it's a nice dunk. All right. So not can... quite what we were looking for, but, you know, what yeah, can you do? It's not, not do? great, Bob, but uh, can I see if I could do any better than you? Because I also have one. Let's let's see quickly here. Oof, that was rough. Is uh, there anything out of that pack I should be excited about? You know, maybe Kyrie, like if, if, if this Sheesh. market goes to the place where, where I was hoping it might do at once, where just like superstars rule the day in general, yeah. then maybe, you know, but, um, who knows, who knows? Um, all right. I am, you can see that. We gotcha. All right. Let's do it. All right. Better luck for you. Let's go. I'm closing my music because I won't be able to hear you. Hey, mine's in this spot. Hey, there we go. Is that is that a thing? They are they in different spots always? I didn't know that. Um, all right, let's start here. My Knicks. Oh, God. don't get me started on Alfred Payton. Just don't do it. <laughs> I'll throw that. You want? Do you want that moment? I'll transfer it to you right now. I don't trade it to me. Let's go. I, I don't even care. That's my first top shot moment. I'm not kidding. I'm sending that over your way. I don't want it. I don't want his juju anywhere near me. Uh, Tibbs has to get. Just be done with all. We need we need Emmanuel quickly and 
Derrick Rose, right? Yeah, oh, we have D Rose, baby. Six man of the year, if you ask me. Uh Speed Mikhail Luke. All right. Okay. All right. Luca. Hey, hey there we go. Good. Right? That's a good That's thing. Good. That's good. That's a good moment. We got a little uh we got this? a little assist. Ooh. Oh, little, no look. No looker. That's pretty good. number 3140. Okay. That works. No complaints there. Be Michael Carter Williams. Yes. We're All right. <laughs> we we doubled up on Michael Carter Williams. We got the market cornered on Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Minnesota. Jared Vanderbilt. This is his first top shot moment. First top shot moment. Been starting recently. Has had some DFS relevancy of late. All right. All right. Um, big moment here. Let's big see moment here. Come on. My Knicks. Knicks. Number 11. Mitch. All right. Knicks, Mitch. Rob. We miss. Oh, number 11. That's great. I've never had a serial number that low. Let's go. That's great. And this, see, this is a keep for me. This goes into my personal. This is a PC on top PC shot. PC on top shot. So it looks like my pack was better than yours. If for no other reason that I got Luca and Mitch. That's you a also, sick moment. Remember, you get an extra moment from your pack because you just won yourself an Alfred Payton <laughs> moment, uh, which is great for you because I don't want him anywhere near me. But uh, let me stop sharing my screen here. But so I, hey, think with, I think with my that? Elf Peyton, my pack is not quite negative EV. I but, think he yeah, salvages it for me. I would imagine. I mean, you you get what? You got to be at a whole $2 uh, worth of that uh, moment. Um, well, hey, and that's an LE. And I still want you to have it because I absolutely despise that man. And look, it's nothing against Elf or Peyton. He's a, he seems like a perfectly fine gentleman. And even at times, he could be uh, proficient on defense. But his inability to finish around the rim, his inability to find R.J. Barrett and to find Julius Randle and to just kind of bulldoze his way to the rim to miss a layup um, is not worth his 17 to 24 minutes a game. I promise you it's not. And I really hope Tom Thibodeau figures that out by the playoffs. That is all. <laughs> As someone who wants to see the number four seed Knicks advance to see the the 76ers in the semifinals, I am with you. Good. Let's give those moments to Manuel quickly and Derek Rose. Good. I'm just fine with that. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. All right. Any anything else you want to touch on? NBA playoffs, top no, shot. I'm excited to else? see. Obviously, we talked a lot about hobby value with the playoffs. I'm excited to see what the playoffs do does for top shot. I'm I'm we none of us have any idea. And I'm I'm really curious. So we'll see. There's undoubtedly going to be a lot of movement uh, as we head into the more impactful months of the season. Certainly some players' moments will rise. Some Certainly some players' cards will rise in value over the next couple of months. We'll be here to break it all down for you. Next week, we will be back recording Monday night, releasing Tuesday morning with some specific PSA, BGS, SGC, we're going to be talking everything grading 101. We're going to dive deep. There's been a lot going on in the grading world over the last couple of months, um, from PSA's pause to PSA's acquisition of an AI company. So we figured have we, as we've broken down the baseball world, the football world, and the NBA world, time for us to talk a little bit about the grading world before we go deep into more specific sports. So catch us next week. We'll be talking about PSA. BGS, SGC, and everything in the grading world. For Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.